Well, it is uh, good to see uh, all of you. You having a good uh, weekend so far? Good, good, because it's fall now. So, you know, get out the Get out the sweaters and the jackets. Um, great, to, great to have you here. Great to have all of you that are uh, joining us online. And, uh, you know, this series was really inspired uh, by your feedback. Uh, um, it was, we, we heard from a lot of you just like wanting a practical, uh, a practical, a more practical side to uh, some of the things that we've taught and just like, just these like kind of down to earth practical things. And so it's been great uh, going through this series. Um, I really enjoy, uh, I'm excited about the one we're doing today. And it's this, it deals with just this practical side of relating to God because there is this thing that um, you have probably said, I'm sure you've heard us say this a time or two, just because of who we are as a church, we'll say things, something like this, right? Uh, when it comes to following Christ, it's not about religion. It's about what? Relationship. Yeah, because we, like, we emphasize that. We see that in Scripture, and we talk about that. And uh, when, we, when we think about it's not about religion, it's about relationship, probably most of us uh, here would go, yes, like I'm with that, and I get that, and there's like this theological or a, a theoretical level we get it at and, and what we mean by that. But then as you get down to this real practical level, it's kind of like, okay, but like, okay, what does it mean at a practical level? And, and I know the place where I feel this sometimes is when I try to explain it to somebody else, which I'm going to try and do today. <laughs> so like, have you ever been asked this question where maybe, maybe it's someone new to the faith or maybe it's someone who is just like trying to figure out God and the Bible and everything. And you find yourself saying, hey, you know what? It's not about religion because like we're not wanting them to think about like some sort of rigorous or legalistic thing, but like I want you to think of God in a relational way. And then they go, oh, that's great. So like now how does that work? And you say, well, and you say a few, then they're like, no, like, but how does that work in a practical way? Because they're like, you know, I know how to relate to you because you're, I can see you. You're right there in front of me, but like God is like, invisible like how does that work and sometimes we find ourselves like okay how do i how do i how do i tangibly like get at this thing because part of what we experience i think at times is there is a part of life that we we experience that relational side readily in what i'm going to call the spiritual or the sacred side right there are moments where you'd say man like i felt the relational side of that connection with god during a time of worship or maybe uh when you were praying or maybe like there was something monumental a decision that you were going over and you, you're praying about it deeply but what about those moments that aren't that, that are more those moments that are like what we might say is that's more of like, you know, the non-spiritual side of life or the secular side of life. And when you think about like how many minutes on average is the average follower of Christ really engaged in something that we would say is on more that sacred side of life on a daily basis, like I don't know, like, let's, let's say 10 minutes. Let's say 10 minutes out of every day is really connected to more of that sacred side. Think about that for a moment, right? Because there's like, and, and if my math is right, there's like 1,440 minutes in a day, if I, if I got that right. And if 10 minutes of that were like, okay, I was engaged in this sacred side where, where I could really experience that relational connection with God, it's kind of like, but what about the other, you know, 1,430 minutes in the day? And, 
and what I don't, and, and, I, and what I want to do as we go through this message, it's, it's not about like, okay, I want to make sure we all have the right answer to how we explain what, you know, relationship means. I think what matters and what we've heard from you all is, like, how do we engage that in a practical way? Like, I, I want you to be able to experience more of those minutes in your day in some way as saying, you know, I, I felt that. I felt the, the relational side of my connection with God, that it wasn't religious. It, there really was like this kind of relational connection in this. And so that's what I want this morning to be about. And the, the simple approach I'm going to take with this is I want to just kind of lay out a path, like three simple steps that just we can all do that will help move us towards experiencing that kind of relational side of our faith in this. So, three steps in this. And let me set up the first step um, with this illustration, okay? I want to use this illustration, uh, or exercise, really. Um, I'm going to put a picture up on the screens here, and I want you to just think about what you see. So, like, what do you see on the screens right now? What is that? Anyone know? A mountain, yeah. I've got several A mountains there, yeah. So, uh, think about this for a second, though. Mo you do see a mountain up there. That's a picture of a mountain. But what you see most of on the screen is just white space, right? But probably white space wasn't the first thing that popped into your mind. Because interestingly enough, there's a part of us where our mind is kind of trained not to notice the white space, right? Uh, most of you are probably like squinting a little bit to like, like okay, what is, what is that a picture of? Like, yeah, right? Um, but we, we don't necessarily train ourselves to see that white space. It's interesting. I didn't know this until this week. White space is, ac is an actual term that like artists and graphic artists uh, use. It, it is like a technical term describing white space, right? It's a great term for describing white space, white space. Um, uh, but it's this idea that, Where's that area where there's something that hasn't been printed on it or something hasn't been put on it, but it is still something that is there that you see. It's still representing something. It's just, it's, uh, it's blank to us, right? In fact, you've ever thought about this? Most documents you look at, even if it's filled with words, it is mostly white space. But when we pick up a document, we rarely ever think about looking at white space. We've trained our mind to look at those words on the document on there. But the white space is there. So now, one more exercise, and then, uh, uh, then I'll, I'll give you what this point is all about here. Um, so I'm going to put another picture up here, and I, I want you to think about what do you see. But here's what I want you to think about. Because we have talked about this white space thing, I bet you will notice something in this picture differently than if we hadn't talked about uh, white space in there. So, what do you see in this picture? You might see multiple things. What do you see? A candlestick, goblet, faces. Yeah, faces. In fact, some of you, I saw some of you are doing like hand gestures, like there's two faces. Yeah, yeah. You, because you're, you just, when I put that up there, you came into it with more awareness of white space. You were like, this time I'm going to make sure I pay attention to the white space. And I bet some of you, I bet many of you saw the faces before you even saw the candlestick or the goblet. What, what, I still don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a candlestick or a goblet. But um, uh, you probably saw the faces first just 
because you created some awareness to it. So here's, here's the point that I want to make. First point in this. First step. First step is this. See God in the white space of your life. So when you think about the white space of your life, think about, think about it as any of those moments where you're not inclined to see God, right? There are going to be moments where you're just, it, it might be something you, you think of as a mundane moment, or you just think of it as a, like a secular moment, or a, not that it's bad, but it's just a, it's a non-spiritual uh, moment. It might be a casual time, hanging out with friends, or it might be, you know, that time when you're driving to work, or you're driving to class, or you're, or, you know, you're, you're taking the kids someplace, or picking the kids up from someplace. And and it's just, it's something that needs to be done and it's, and it's minutes being used up in your day. But you don't think of that time as like, this is, you know, this is sacred time in my life right now, right? It's kind of like white space. And, and you don't think about anything other than just, you know, I'm waiting in line, right? There's, there's some white space in line. I'm at the grocery store and I'm just waiting in line for, you know, the next thing, right? But what I would love for you to do is think about that white space in your life and can you see God even in those moments? Because when you think about the white space in your life, right, whether you're watching TV, making a meal, eating a meal, most of our life is in that white space. There's a lot of minutes that are used up in that white space of our of our lives and and i think it'd be important that we don't go through life and that sense of relational connection with god just end up being a few scattered moments throughout your week wouldn't it be nice if it was something that you just kind of ran into or experienced kind of on a regular basis that is just kind of happening here and there throughout your day giving you that sense of connection in this. You know, it, when you look at uh, uh, the Bible, there is, a, there is a whole book called the Book of Psalms. And one of the things that jumps out, to me at least, when I read through the Book of Psalms, is the psalmists, they were super aware of the white space of life. When, when you see what they wrote and what they did, they were always aware of that. Um, in fact, I want to read a psalm to you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And we're going to start in verse 7 here. Psalm 139, verse 7. Just think, think about what the psalmist is saying when it comes to what parts of your life are God connected to. Look, look at what he says, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, he asks. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me. And the light and the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Right? That that even in darkness, it's kind of like, no, that's white space for God. God like sees that. He's where it's like the psalmist is going through and it's just saying, you know what? God is like 
always presence. Even, even in the absence of my ability to see, God's still there. God is a part of that and sees that, right? Um, the, the psalmist is carrying this, this sense of God is present all of the time in all of the places that, that I'm in or exist or any place that I'm doing life, like God is there. But I want you to also think about this. Uh, the psalmist didn't just magically hold that, right? It's, it's, it's not like the psalmist just from birth knew this and so they're the ones that wrote all of this down. There, there are things that the psalmist did to train their hearts and their minds to notice this and to see this. There, there are things that they practice. In fact, we even see this coming out in this. And what I want to say is we can do the same thing. So when we think about the practical application of this step, see God in the white space of your life, I, I want you to go back and think about what this psalmist uh, does. Um, how the psalmist... Uh, right out of the gate here, starts asking questions. Look at, back at verse 7. He says, um, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Right? Um, and, and what I would encourage you to do is, is think about what is the psalmist is learning to ask these questions about his own life that is actually making him more conscious that like God's actually here. Like God is present in all of this. There is a kind of rehearsing and an acknowledgement that the psalmist does as he goes through this. Look at verse 8. He says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. So when you think about like, uh, you know, he's saying it in a very beautiful and poetic way, but in the high points of your life, in the moments of great celebration, the, the moments that really make you happy, have you ever thought about like God's in the middle of that, right? Maybe there's some beautiful success in your life. What is the best thing that happened to you this week? Think about that for a moment. What is the best thing that happened to you this, this week? Okay, got it in your mind? The psalmist would say, God was there with you. In fact, I bet God was kind of excited with you in, in that best moment of your week. And what the psalmist is doing is saying, I, I'm going to do something to recall that and notice that God was there. He goes on. He says, uh, verse 8, if, uh, in verse 8, he says, I, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. In other words, in the low moments. Those moments that felt depressive. Those moments that just were drudgery. The moments that, you know, uh, you, you wanted to avoid, right? Like, um, nothing against any of you who are dentists, right? Okay, but, you know, some of you probably had dentist appointments this week, and you're just like, you want to see the dentist. Yay, right? And it just, but it's just like, okay, maybe, maybe you're sitting in that chair and you were nervous, or maybe you're just whatever it is. But what the psalmist is saying, okay, but in that moment, you didn't leave God and go through that on your own. God was with you. Like God, God, he was there with you in that moment, right? And I bet there were many people who were followers of Christ. And this week, they went to see their dentist. They probably love their dentist, but they don't like seeing their dentist, if you know what I mean, right? And I bet many of them didn't think about, okay, God's with me. There's something that maybe God would offer me that is comforting right now or something I can learn or whatever. But, he, but the psalmist is like, no, he's with me. He's with me, right? So... Can, can I just challenge us with this? Take a step this week, maybe even every day, read through, or rather pray through Psalm 7 through 12. 
pray through it, look at what the psalmist is doing. And as you pray through what the psalmist is saying, make it a prayer for you. Talk about what's coming up or what you have been through in your week and just acknowledge, yep, God was there with that. There's like, there's no place I can go and God's not going to be with me, right? He's going to be with me in all things. Do that. Okay, second step. Second step. Um, and this second step is important because as you become more familiar with the first step, it's actually going to create something in you that you will need this second step for. Something happens to us as we start becoming more and more aware of God's presence with us. And here's, so here's the second step. And it's see God as with you, not watching you, okay? Because as we become more and more aware, gosh, God, God's everywhere all of the time. And, and that can kind of get into our heads in a weird way. Um, I was coming back across the border from Mexico. I was on a trip down there, had a great time. Coming back, and I had the wonderful uh, delight. I was, I was the winner of getting to have my truck searched, right? It's just like, you're the lucky winner today. Please pull over to the side, and we're going to go through every part of your truck, you know. And, and by the way, while we're doing that, we would like to have you wait in our luxurious waiting room over here, far away from your truck. So I went over there and I've got my passport and my papers and everything. I'm like, you know, here's this. And why, then, and why did you have me come over here? And they're like, just come over here. And they, you know, and they talked to me and they took all my papers and they were like, so why don't, why don't you wait in here for a while? So I went in there and I sit down and there's a TV that's not working. And I'm sitting there just watching the TV that doesn't work, okay? And then I notice there's a camera next to the TV up on the wall. And then I notice there's a camera over in that corner over there. And I'm like, hmm. And then there's a camera over on the side wall over there. And then I look back and there's a great big mirror that's really like, oh, that's, that's a two-way window, or a one-way window. That's what that is. And then I notice two more cameras up in the corner and I'm like, they're watching me right now. That's what they're, no, there's no place I can look in here and them not look at my face. And then I was like, boy, I hope I don't look guilty to them right now. <laughs> this is really going through my mind. And then I was like, I, I should really look innocent right now. <laughs> and then I was like, what, what if my innocent look looks like I'm trying to look innocent, which makes me look guilty? That's not good. So I need to go back to a different look. Now, is this a guilty look? And I'm just, I start getting lost in my head because I'm picturing they're behind the glass going, why isn't he looking at the glass again? He's looking away from it. Look, man, he go through it. <laughs> You know, go through his truck one more time. I am sure this guy is guilty, right? Just, and I'm just like sweating and I'm just like, Ugh. all because, right? They're looking at me right now, right? It's just, that's, that's, I'm being analyzed in this moment, right? See, there's this, there's this fine distinction when we think about, and there's a, there's a technical term uh, for the theological term, right? The omnipresence of God, like God is everywhere, right? And so when we think about that, sometimes we can take that like, okay, God, you know, God's watching you all the time. And, we, and if you take it to that place, that does something different in your heart, right? that doesn't necessarily create this nice sense of relational connection, right? In fact, it can actually create a greater uh, disconnection uh, in all of this. Uh, when I was in high school, one of our camps, we had a, 
um, a special guest speaker uh, that came in, and he was really good, but he, he kind of taught on this subject, right? And he's got a bunch of youth, and he's trying to help us in our spiritual journeys and trying to help us, you know, be better. And so one of the things he taught on was this idea that, like, Jesus, like Jesus always sees you. And would you make, and it was kind of the idea was, would you make a different dece- decision about this thing that you're going through if, if Jesus were right there, right? And we're like... Right, and so he taught this whole thing about you know, like when you're thinking about this, when you're tempted with that, Jesus is right there, right? And then we did this thing where we broke up into different groups, like whatever cabin you were staying in, and we would do this every night. We would we would make skits, like, and we would act it out for you know everyone else. And so our cabin, we were to act out a skit on what the lesson was that night about how Jesus is like wherever you are. Jesus is like watching your every move and as you face different temptations or whatever Jesus is watching so we made this skit and we had and I and I forgot who did what but uh, one of the guys played Jesus right and he so he was Jesus in every scene and then we had one guy that went through like these four or five different scenes right and the rest of us we played like the bad guy in it we were like the tempter in it you know and it was just like we were like the friend and he was tempted uh, to lie to us and then you know Jesus would, and Jesus never said anything in our sketch, right? He just stood, you know, behind the guy, and then the guy notices Jesus, and Jesus is always like, it's just kind of a real, like, sad, disappointed Jesus, but lurky, you know what I mean? Like, And he'd be like, oh, okay. You know, then the next scene, you know, he'd be tempted to do something, and then he'd see Jesus, and then it was, you know, the disappointed, lurky Jesus, you know, and the guy would be like, oh, I guess I won't do that, right? Then we got down to the last scene, and it was like a drug dealer. And he's like, come on, kid, you know, do the drug. And we're like, you know, we play, you know, right? This was in the age of, you know, Nancy Reagan, just say no to drugs, right? And, you know, we're, you know, and, but instead of Nancy Reagan, we've got Jesus, you know, and just, <laughs> I'd say no, but I'm not talking right now, you know? And just, it was the silent, lurky Jesus again. And finally, you know, the last scene was this guy's like, Jesus, you're wrecking everything. Get out of here. And he chases the, you know, the lurky, disappointed Jesus off. And, you know, and we're like, ta-da. And because out of this thing, right, we had this whole thing that he was teaching about, like, Jesus is watching you. And so in our, you know, our young little heads, like, right, we came up with this sketch about, like, well, this must be, like, this is what we got to think of Jesus as. But here's, right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It probably caused us to behave a little better for a little while. But it did, yeah, a little. I emphasize a little while, right? But in the long term, it didn't help us move to being more confident and trusting in Jesus relationally and how we were living our whole lives out, right? We just, we, in those moments where we didn't want anyone watching us, that's when we're like, ah, oh, Jesus is probably watching me right now. Oh, just got, you know, it, it didn't really help us in that. And so I, so I make this point to say, when you think about, like, God is always with you, right? He's in the white spaces of your life. Make sure you don't train your mind to think of, and he's watching you. Think of him as with you, like a friend, right? right? N- no one likes, uh, you, know, s- you know, some person just watching you, micromanaging you. If, if the idea that God is there in the white spaces of your life make you feel like God is micromanaging your life, that's not very relational, right? That, that's not what you think of 
is a relationship with someone that you love or a friend or a close uh, person in this. Um, I, I, I want to point out something that Jesus said, that he says it, uh, it really after the end of his ministry. In fact, it is the last words of Jesus recorded by Matthew. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter uh, 28. Um, I want us to look at what Matthew records uh, here. This is Matthew chapter 28. And of course, uh, the end of Matthew ends with the Great Commission. But, th but there's something that actually comes after that. So I want to start with the Great Commission. Here's what he says, verse 18. He says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Right? That's the Great Commission. This is like he's giving us a, kind of our marching orders. Okay, we're to go out and do this. What I find interesting is that Jesus or what Matthew decided to record about Jesus' last words, he didn't end with, here's your marching orders. I mean, that, that's right near the end, but there's one last thing that he puts in there that I think is really important, and, and, there's a, and Matthew put it in there for a reason. Look at what he says. He says, um, and surely I am watching you always. <laughs> no, that's right. <clears throat> and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age yeah it's kind of like okay i'm gonna send you out and this is what you're my church and this is what you're gonna do right but it's like he says okay and don't forget that even though right he knows he's leaving in bodily form how easy it would be for his followers who got to spend years with them in bodily form relating to him being with them it's like, okay, even though I am gone in bodily form, I am still with you. I, like, this is, I want you to leave here, and the last thing on your mind be to remember I am with you. And, and when he says with you, uh, remember to read this in context. Remember uh, last week, and if you weren't here last week, go back, listen to, to last week, because we talked about, like, what's, like, what's a good practical way of, of reading and understanding the Bible? And remember, we talked about the funnel, and one of the things is to make sure that you understand the situation that, that something's occurring in. Remember, Jesus is saying, here's the situation he's saying this in. He's saying this to a group of people that had been with Jesus in very particular ways for years, when Jesus says, I am with you, they would have thought about that in the way that they had already been with Jesus. So think about that for a moment. They had experienced Jesus being with them at the high points. You know, when the psalmist talks about the high points and the low points, the heavens, the depths, like, they would have said, oh, Jesus was there, man, when, when Peter's mother-in-law was healed and we celebrated, and there's these great moments, right? But they would have said, you know, Jesus was with us in those low moments. He was there with us in tears when friends had died and when things had seemed like they were going the wrong way. And Jesus was there with us in mundane moments. He was there with us in long walks that they did a lot of walking. He was there for thousands of meals and normal conversations. So remember, when Jesus says this, the context that they would have drawn on is they would have said, okay. He's going to be with us in the white space of life, right? Not just the big sacred moments, but he's going to be with us like all of the time. And you know what? 
He's with you in the white space of your life, with you, not watching you, right? He's with you in moments where you're celebrating and there's a smile on your face. He's like, he's there in those moments that feel scary. He's there when you're waiting in line to get your coffee and, right, and you need coffee at this point. And, but like, he's there with you in those moments. So here's a practical way, and I, and I wanna keep bringing this down to more and more practical ways. Here's a practical way to live this second uh, point out little exercise that I want you to do here. Um, I want you to uh, picture a person that you know that whenever you see them, like, like uh, when they walk into the room, you're just glad that they're there. Think, think about who that would be. When someone, when that person just walks in the room, it just puts a smile on your face when that person walks in the room. Who, who is that person right now? Think about that person in your mind right now, okay? Now, also, I want you to think about this. I bet that same person when you walk into the room, you put a smile on their face. I bet when you walk into a room, one of the things you love is you, you see their, you see the, how you have put a smile on their face. And they say, they're like, hey man, how's it going? Are they like, whatever is that thing that they do. There is a relational connection that takes place in that moment just because they've seen you. There's a kind of withness that you experience in that moment, okay? Got that person in your mind? So now, here's what I want to say. And this is to no diminishment of that person that you like or know, that loves you, that, that has a smile on their face when they think about you. Okay? No diminishment of that person at all. But that person doesn't like or love you as much as Jesus does. I know that. Jesus is happier to see you than even that person. Have you ever thought about the fact that you put a smile on God's face, right? When you wake up in the morning, Jesus goes, you're awake. It's good to see you. Even if you're not a morning person, even if everybody else is like, well, I'll give it an hour and then I'll be happy to see that person, right? <laughs> yeah, because, right? But Jesus is happy to see you, right? Take that simple exercise. See, I think the psalmist, I think the psalmist who's thinking about God in that way, I think that psalmist doesn't have a picture of a mean, lurky, disconnected, you know, uh, a God in his mind. He has, a, he has a God in his mind that is like there with. So here's the exercise. Practice thinking of God having a smile on his face at the thought of just being with you in the white spaces of your life. He's happy to hang out in line with you. He's happy to be driving with you wherever you're going. He's happy to be with you in high moments and low moments. He's not, he's not the God that's watching you. He's the God that's with you. Practice thinking and picturing God in that way. So uh, last thing, third step uh, in this that I think can be helpful, where we can actually help one another in this. Uh, and it's this. Enjoy that you have a place with God, with others. And what I mean by this is um, there's this thing that happens relationally that, that oftentimes we think of how we, are, we can have a moment with God in some way, but sometimes we can miss that sometimes the place we experience a witness with God is when we are with 
others. There's a kind of dynamic that occurs relationally with us. God made us to be very relational creatures. We, there are moments where we have wonderful relationships, one-on-one. But have you ever noticed there are moments where the dynamic changes a little bit and you get to experience someone you're close to in a new way that you really like when you're like in a relational dynamic with others? So Angie and I have this uh, close group of friends that are kind of our small group that, that are like lifelong friends that go back before any of us had kids or whatever. So we got together for dinner just to celebrate a couple of birthdays um, this past Friday with our group. And just, and it had been a while since we had gotten together and it was just like, it's just this wonderful time as we're all relating together and we're sharing stories and hearing stories and, you know, um, you know, moments where you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry or I'm so excited for you. We closed the restaurant down, okay? We, we sat there and didn't realize like, okay, the restaurant's closing and like they're, they're doing, you know, they're politely cleaning all the tables around us and it's like, okay, we need to get up and go. And we leave and we're all like, oh man, we've got, we've got to get home. We've got to get things to do. And then we got like eight feet out the restaurant door and, and we're there for another 45 minutes or an hour, just standing there. Not because we had, a, you know, okay, we need to discuss this. It was just, it was like this pull that as I'm talking with you, it's causing me to relate to you. And just, and there was just something that we all re, just got out of it that was good and beautiful. And what I want to say is, I think, I believe that same dynamic occurs that God is a part of in our relationships, you ever experienced that, that you're relating with someone else and you just like, man, as I relate to that person, I'm kind of feeling closer to God in some way. There's like just, and it's not because they said something deep or profound. It's just as I got to relate to them and I sensed that God was present in this, like it did something for me. And, and I don't just say this because I've experienced it. Like I, I have, I even experienced it this past Friday night. I think Jesus has pointed to it. Um, One more verse before we end here. Um, Flip back a a couple chapters to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Um, Jesus is teaching about prayer, right? He's talking about prayer. And then he ends it with this kind of strange statement that in some ways doesn't necessarily apply to everything else. Like we didn't need this statement. It's like he adds this in. But it's important. It's still deeply connected. Here's what he says. Look at verse 20. He says, For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. It's like, now, this is what he's not saying. Jesus is not saying, okay, so when you go to pray, if you're by yourself, mm, sorry, I'm probably not there. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just like, oh, I gotta find someone else to sit with me while I'm praying so that God will hear my prayer. He's not, he's not, right? He's not saying that, right? D- d- we don't take it that way. He's talked about prayer, and, and, and we know that when we pray, he hears us. So why does he add this thing about like, and by the way, just so you know, when you get together, like when there's more than one of you, I'm there. Like, I'm with, there's some, there's a, re, as you have experienced a relational dynamic with more than one person, I'm a part of that. And that there's something, don't forget that in those dynamics, because sometimes those dynamics are where we just, we experience some of the richest humor, where we experience some of the richest celebration. Right? Moments where in, in profound mourning we find great strength. Right? And it's like God's saying, as you experience that with those others, don't forget, 
I am right there infusing my energy and my joy and my peace into that. You, like, we actually help one another experience the presence of God in this. And so I want to encourage you that when you think about the relationships that you have, when you're with other people, that God is there, that th there's something that we get to see in one another that is actually getting a little glimpse of God in that moment, that's connecting us to God in those. So be deliberate about looking for and reminding yourself that through relationships, we find connection to God. So let me just, I wanna, I wanna just run through those three points of application at the end of each of those points, because I wanna encourage all of you to actually go and do these things this week and see if it doesn't increase your sense of connection to God in a really relational way. And here, here they were, and then I'll, I'll pray and close. Pray through Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12, and, and do that in a way of just asking those questions and applying it to your own life. God, are you there in this moment? Are you there in this moment? High moments, low moments? Uh, second thing, practice imagining or picturing God smiling at just seeing you. Because he's not trying to watch you. He's with you, right? So picture God in a way that helps you with that. And then practice enjoying the company of God with and through others. And you will get to experience that this whole Jesus thing isn't about religion. It really is about relationships. Why don't you stand? And I'm going to close this here. And as I uh, close this out, I just want to say those of you who are guests, visiting, maybe you were invited today. I am so glad. We are glad that you're uh, here. I'd love to get to meet you this morning. I'm going to be uh, right over here. And even if you've been here for a while and we've never gotten to connect or meet or whatever, I'd love to just shake your hand and welcome you this morning. And don't forget, if you're here this morning and you, would, you need someone to be praying for you, we've got some wonderful people and it would be their delight to just uh, pray pray for you here this morning. Let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, I just uh, thank you for uh, just who you are, that you are a God that wants to be with us and that you're uh, deeply relational and that you pull us into that. And would you help us to see you and experience your presence in tangible ways as we live our lives in and with and through you. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a great week.